you for listening and joining us for another episode of Black Third Tea. Woo woo! Now, boil your water, pour it over a green tea bag, find a quiet spot, and relax. <laughs> this is the meditation and mindfulness episode. We're talking best practices for clearing your mind in order to be productive in your personal and professional life. Yes. <laughs> Is that your Zen voice? Yes. I was trying to do Zen, but to be honest, like I feel like my meditation voice would be more like Sita from Sita's World. Do you remember that? Oh, She'd be like, girl, back. get your mindfulness. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're all, we're inclusive. So whoever, you know, yeah. whatever voice brings. That's a lot yeah. better for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, in this episode, we share our challenges and victories with productivity um, and how we manage to clear these minds of ours. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be honest and truthful. We'll be laughing and we'll also share some tips and tricks from some experts. We've done our research, particularly this episode. We've learned a lot about meditation and the brain and we'll share what experts say are the physical and mental benefits to practicing meditation. Yes. Then, as always, we'll share the 30 for 30. That's when we provide 30 things you can start doing today to become better at meditating and increasing your productivity. So we'll discuss five on the show, and then we'll tell you where you can go on social media to see the rest of the 30. All right, it's tea time. Dang, 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 dang. So as we mentioned, all things meditation and mindfulness, but let me be clear, okay? We're all learning together because I'm the worst at practicing meditation, okay? The worst. I tried it, and then I tried it again, and each time I find myself thinking about all the things I need to do. I can't concentrate. I don't like long periods of silence. I think I need help. Yeah, you know, admitting you need help is the first step. I appreciate that, Kat. It's no judgment. But I do admit that prayer does help keep me calm and it recenters my day. And so do walks, so especially if I'm at work or somewhere where I need a pause, if I, you know, change my environment, um, or if I say a quick prayer, um, that does help me. But being, you know, sitting in a space for a long period of time, I'm not the best at. So I'm thankful and I'm grateful for this episode because I need the practice. Um, for me to be the most productive, I have to find a place that encourages that work, but isn't too quiet. So an office space where people are maybe talking or quietly, but there's stuff going on, some action or a cafe. Libraries are good for people watching, but they can be a little too quiet for me too. So mm. like I said, I need help. <laughs> That's, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, that's real. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've made some progress on my meditation and my mindfulness, but like Ryan, I do feel like I have some way to go um, and that I can definitely improve. When I first started, I could not keep my mind focused. Like mm. it would wander with thinking about all the things I needed to do, like truly needed to do or things I just thought I needed to do. Um, but what worked for me is that I eventually just started taking it old school and went like 
very much back to my, you know, kindergarten days when they would try to calm us down as kids. <laughs> um, and so for me, I found that things like listening to my breath, like literally making my breath the focal point um, mm. and actually feeling the air travel throughout my body and focusing on that. Um, or even, um, so I've always kind of had a little tick where I count things. Um, and so if I was a kid, like in the car, I would count the, I would look at license plate numbers of like other cars that were in traffic and try to make them like mathematically sound. Oh my Um, God, you're so smart. Leave me alone. But so even now doing things like that, if there's something that has like a, a lot of dots, like maybe it's an image or something like that. I found that going through things like counting those dots or counting patterns, that that's a way for me to quiet my mind when I'm having a hard time doing so. Um, once that happens, I'm generally good to go. But to be clear, though, my mind, I've never really gotten it to be fully blank. I can distract it and and kind of minimize the, the I guess, frequency of the new thoughts that are coming in. Um, mm-hmm. But I've never been able to completely clear it. Um, but as I've learned from my repeated attempts to use tools like Headspace, um, mm-hmm. meditation isn't really about the absence of thought necessarily, but more mm-hmm. so being mindful and applying some control over those thoughts as they enter your brain. Um, now, where Ryan and I are completely different, I need quiet, <laughs> like for real. Um, but I just think that's my zhuzh in general. Like Yeesh. I've always liked <laughs> very quiet settings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm destined to be that old lady who's like telling kids to keep it down and get off my lawn. So yeah. Um, oh, see, I, I would be giving them trees and be like, come over, baby. You yeah. Know? And I would send them to your lawn. So oh, it actually okay. would work out, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, like for me, it's actually really important that I do remove any sort of stimuli around me um, other than the voice of the like meditation guide when there is mm-hmm. one. Um, but other than that, I can't have sound. Um, Mm. For me, the biggest challenge, though, has been creating and maintaining schedules to practice mindfulness so it can be a regular part of my routine um, because that repetition is key. Haven't quite gotten there yet. So, you know, Ryan and I, we're we're trying our best. Yes, (laughs) trying. We are trying. Um, And yeah, like, Ryan, I know I can barely make time for it. And you're actually like taking care of a full human. So (laughs) how do you- A full one, and she's so cute. She is. She's adorable. And she's really (laughs) smart. And she's running the world. Um, So as you are like managing all these things on your plate, how do you make time? How do you make space even for meditation and mindfulness? Yeah, you know what? I have really learned to do um, as much as I can for the allotted amount of time and then really enjoy nap time. Mm. So hers or yours? <laughs> hers is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Cameron, pretty much, she is on a schedule. And that's something that I've learned. Having her on a schedule is is important for her, but for me too, because I know that from, you know, I know time breakfast is, and I got to get that done. I know she'll be down by 8, 8.30. So I know if I can do stuff between 8.30 and 10, I know she'll be up again. I know when she'll be asleep. And so I know how to plan my day, but also to say, I can do the most for the three hours that she's up. I'll take her to the, you know, story time at the library. We'll, We'll read together and do all the things I need to do as a mom. But as soon as she's down, um, it's important for me 
to really use that nap time to to sit and to do whatever I need to do. Or if that is just sometimes I do just need to sit on the couch and just like, oh, and unwind um, and to take that time and not feel like, oh, I'm being idle. You know, I need to go do the laundry or now I need to go send that email or whatever, like to just be OK with recharging. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, that's something that I have learned that I, I feel a need to be busy all the time or to be doing something or to be thinking about the next thing. And what I've learned too about meditation and mindfulness is being present. Mm-hmm. And that's the same too. That's something that I've learned with Cameron is that um, if I'm doing something with her, if I'm reading or if I'm whatever, I need to be there with her, not trying to, oh, okay, yeah, read this Cameron. And I'm also on the phone emailing and doing something else. If I have to send an email or a text, I will do that. But to be present with my daughter at that time. And the same thing, when she's asleep, be present with myself and do what I need to do at that time. Not always thinking about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Um, and that has that has helped me. And also just sometimes removing myself and saying that I need help. So, you know, when my husband comes home from work or, I, you know, or asking, you know, my mom or someone else who can watch her to say, you know, what, I really need some time and to go. And like I mentioned, a cafe to go and get some work done there um, and to really take time for me. And I think, you know, at the beginning, it was hard for me to um, remove the guilt that you feel from being away from your kid or your family. So I'm like, oh, I thought I should be there. And I got, you know, I need to run everything, but you need time for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's if you have a family, that's if you feel like you're a workaholic, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You, everyone needs time to, for them and to enjoy themselves. Wow. And so you have to be mindful of that and to take that time recharge. If it's an hour, it's three hours, it's a weekend away. Um, you need to do that and to get over the self-imposed guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so deep that you say that. Like I actually was just experiencing that yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, um, so I had a break, um, between graduation and Mm -hmm. starting my new job. Yeah. And, um, so yesterday I had a moment where it was like, I didn't have anything that just absolutely needed to get done. Right. It was like right. late afternoon. Honestly, I'd been up since like seven working and you know, it's not like I had just been chilling, big chilling all day long, mm-hmm. but I was like, I'm going to sit my behind on this couch and watch the big bang theory because <laughs> Sheldon does me right. And I felt so guilty. Like seriously, mm. I was like, and I was, I was disturbed by like mm. having that moment where I wasn't producing yeah. anything Um, but that's, that's the incorrect thinking that taking time for yourself, you know, unwinding, enjoying something, right. Means you're being, you're not being productive. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a work in progress for me. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like I, I, I felt truly disturbed. Like I was disturbed by what I felt was my idleness Mm -hmm. and, um, it just kind of gave me a second to think about, wow, like so much of my day doesn't feel like it's my own. Like when I wake up pretty soon, I've looked at my phone. I see the things that have come in for me to work on. Um, I think that coupled with the fact that like I have, um, you know, clients that I support outside of California. So their Mm -hmm. day starts before mine. So I actually wake up to tasks, right? Like I wake up to things that need to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it was just like, it felt 
so unusual to have even just like that hour. It wasn't long. Like I watched two episodes. It wasn't even a full hour because you know how they remove the commercials for the on-demand stuff. So seriously, watching those two episodes, I was like, yo, I am indulging like a mofo. Like I'm really out here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) I think for me, probably meditation and mindfulness will maybe be able to like, maybe it'll be like that critical step, hopefully that gives me a little bit more balance. Cause I do mm-hmm. have an issue really taking my time for me. Well, you know, you mentioned something and made me think of something, actually advice that my mom gave me. Hmm. Um, and you said that, you know, you wake up and usually you hit your phone pretty quickly because you have all these clients or you're, you know, it's the way you start your day. Mm-hmm. And she told me, because uh, that is certainly um, my habit and, and something that I was doing. Um, and I don't remember how it came up, but she said, you know, you shouldn't reach for your phone before you reach for your prayer book. Mm. And it just made me I thought think, you were say before you reach for your man. Woo! Well, you, honey. <laughs> anyway. That's what I thought. Yes. Honestly. I thought we were going to hold other direction too. with this. That's a whole other direction. But yes, that is important too. That will also help you clear your mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just made me think that I think particularly in this day and age, we're so dependent on our phones or what's going on. And I got to check and but like, um, you know, we're so quick to connect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so whatever it is that you reach for, you know, you reach for your whatever it's a prayer book or whatever, whatever gets you in that space. Like I think before you start your day and I, you know, and I've listened to a lot of um, women who have juggled, you know, who have these big careers and have a lot to juggle you know, a lot of them have actually said that they try to carve out, maybe they get up a little earlier in the morning and they carve out time just to be them. Maybe it's, it's reading. Maybe it's reading a book before you go. Maybe it is saying a prayer. Maybe it is just laying in your bed for five minutes. Yeah. You you're awake, but you haven't started to brush your teeth and do all the, you know, the daily ritual, but you're just laying there and you're just, you know, still. And I think that completely transforms the energy for the rest of the day. Hmm. Yeah. So that's something that I try to do too, that before I, you know, I say, say good morning to your husband, you know, or whoever say good morning to yourself. Wait, whose husband you want me to say good morning to? What you Your say? own, not mine. Cause if somebody's saying good morning, oh, my no, husband, we got a problem. You know, Thank you. Already no, know. I would never, I just wanted to clarify. Cause you don't, we don't want people going out there saying, well, black 30 told me I'm supposed to be saying hi to your husband this morning. And then we're going to have a little Barbara and Shirley situation. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, no, 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 no. We do not condone no home wrecking. Anyway. But maybe a little bit of home shaking. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, my gosh. I'm not. Um, No, I'm just kidding. I can't. I can't. (laughs) No, but, you know, but just, you know, be, again, I, to, it's being present. You know, if someone, say hello, be present with yourself. Ooh, I woke up today. I'm so happy, you mm-hmm. know, but I just, I'm I, like you said, mention your breath, just breathe, you know, be still. Um, and I've learned that when, like, when I take moments before grabbing my phone or thinking about things, many things I have to do that day, um, I'm much more calm. Yeah. It's something. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. I'm doing exactly what you said not to do. This is why oh, I need my. this episode so badly. So, oh, my God. Okay. So someone on Twitter said, 
kind of related because we're talking about separating your job from your life, right? So yes. someone on Twitter said, this is from Petty Negro with a zero. He says, oh. friendly reminder that these jobs don't give a shit about you and will replace you in a day. In, a, burn- in a hot second. Yeah. He said, don't burn yourself out over people or organizations who wouldn't even send condolences to your family. Phone mm. a friend. Clink, clink, clink. No, wait, no, that's 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 the drink. It's that's like, dial, the dial, 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 dial. <laughs> All right. So actually, I read this really informative and interesting Forbes article about meditation's ability to change the way your brain functions. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, you're trying. And the author of the article listed seven examples based on scientific research. Okay. 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 So lay out. Let's lay out all seven for our listeners. All right. First one. Uh, the benefit of meditation is that it helps preserve the aging brain. So a study from UCLA found that long-term meditators had better preserved brains than non-meditators as they aged. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're trying to keep it right, keep it tight up there. Ooh, not tight. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry. It really helps. I love you too. <laughs> Okay, so two, um, meditation, it reduces activity in the brain's me center. Mm. So according to Yale University, mindfulness meditation decreases activity in the default mode network, which is the DMN, damn for short, um, <laughs> the brain network responsible for mind wandering and self-referential referential thoughts, aka the monkey mind. Mm. Oh, for real? Okay. <laughs> That's what we doing now. That's what we doing now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so the dam is on and active when we're not thinking about anything in particular, when our minds are just wandering from thought to thought. Since mind wandering is typically associated with being less happy, mm. uh, ruminating and worrying about the past and the future, it's the goal for many people to reduce that. So several studies have shown that meditation through its quieting effect on the dam, I really got to stop calling it the dam, appears to do just this. <laughs> and even when the mind does start to wander because of those new connections that you formed through meditation, meditators are better off at snapping back out of it. Ooh. So yeah, going to get your snap back. Yes. Love it. Okay. Number three, the effects of meditation rival antidepressants for depression and anxiety. So a review study at Johns Hopkins looked at the relationship between mindfulness meditation and its ability to reduce symptoms of depression, anxiety, and pain. So a researcher and his team found that the effect size of meditation was moderate at 0.3. Now that sounds low, but keep in mind that that effect size for antidepressants is also 0.3, which Mm -hmm. makes the effect of meditation comparable. So meditation is, after all, um, an active form of brain training. So it has a similar effect, um, meditation does, as antidepressants has um, on a person's brain in terms of helping them cope with depression and anxiety. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. that's Yeah, that's huge. I mean, you know, as someone who is definitely like living with the two, Mm-hmm. I can say that anything that helps to kind of control the mind a little bit more and yeah. to 
make it feel more stable, especially if that can be accomplished without these um, external stimulants is something I'm willing to try. So, okay. Absolutely. Okay, meditation. I see you out here trying to be that mental snack. Um, Yes, honey. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I had something else to say, but it's like, nah, I can't. Oh, no. When you laugh like that, it's something. Oh, yes. It's it's all sorts of messed up. All right. Um, Four, meditation may lead to volume changes in key areas of the brain. So a Harvard team found that mindfulness meditation can actually change the structure of your brain. Um, Eight weeks of mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is called MBSR, um, was found to increase cortical thickness in the hippocampus. 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 Actually, that's not the way it would sound. I think hippocampus would sound more like kind of like Dora the Explorer, like hippocampus, you know what I mean? Oh, I just it seemed like heavy, you know, like hippos are heavy, like hippocampus, you know? Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say heavy D and I thought you were going to be like, you know? Oh, yeah. Hippocampus. Nah, it doesn't look the same thing. Oh, yeah, that's tough. Okay, but anyway, the hippocampus, um, it governs learning and memory. And in certain areas of the brain, that plays roles in emotion regulation and self-referential processing. Um, so in another study, in a later study, the same team found that after meditation training, changes in the brain areas linked to mood and arousal were also linked to improvements in how participants said they felt, um, or in other words, their psychological well-being. So meditation is out here activating those parts that you need. It's like a curl activator for your brain. Hey. <laughs> All right. Number five. Just a few days of training improves concentration and attention. Lord knows I need that. Okay. So a study found that a couple of weeks of meditation training helped people's focus and memory during the verbal reasoning section of the GRE. Hmm. So shout out to everybody trying to get into business school or law school or whatever school, hmm. studying, doing whatever. Um, in fact, the increase in the score was equivalent to 16 percentile points. Oh, wow. That's not that's that's big. Not, yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. uh, significant. That is significant. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. So meditation, yeah, it can help you in academia. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, number six, meditation reduces anxiety. Not just, uh, you know, your normal anxiety, but also social anxiety. Mm. Um, studies on mindfulness-based stress reduction have shown its benefits in reducing anxiety uh, even years after the initial eight-week course. Um, research has also shown that mindfulness meditation, in contrast to attending to the breath only, can reduce anxiety. Mm. And that these changes seem to be meditated, or I'm sorry, mediated uh, through the brain regions associated with those self referential or me centered thoughts. Hmm. Interesting. Love it. Okay. And then the last one, number seven, lucky number seven meditation can help with addiction. I'm so, one study. To you. <laughs> Oh my God. So one study, for example, pitted mindfulness training against the American Lung Association's Freedom from Smoking program. Mm. And they found that people who learned mindfulness were many more, many times more likely to have quit smoking by the end of the training. And at seven and at their 17 week follow-up, um, both of those times, they are mo- most more likely to have quit smoking than those in the conventional treatment. Hmm. So this may have been because meditation helps people decouple the state of craving from the act of smoking. Hmm. 
so that one doesn't always have to lead to the other. Very interesting. But rather, you fully experience and ride out the wave of a crave until it passes. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, shoot. So I'm it sounds like, yeah, like a lot of that, it's, you know, a lot of the things have been in control, um, you know, helping you to center yourself, to, to control your thoughts. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions around um, meditation and mindfulness is that you are eliminating these thoughts, that you are eliminating these desires. Like, no, we're human. We're going to experience them. But it's right. what we do with them and how we can mitig- mitigate any of the negative um, behaviors that might be associated when they come. So, okay, meditation. I see you out here trying to be great. Yes, love it. All right, 30 for 30. So, Candace J., you and I say we're not the best at this, so we really need this. We need some tips on how to practice meditation and mindfulness today. And hopefully you all will do it with us. Yes, yes. So first thing, download an app. Um, as I mentioned before, Headspace is a popular app for meditation techniques. Um, heads up, though, there is a cost for if you want to use it in a more long-term uh, fashion, but initially it is free. So I tried it out. I actually enjoyed it. I think I do want to try out a few um, of the other apps that are also in this space, but see if this one fits for you. Um, Black Girl and Ohm is another resource. It's a site that's dedicated to creating space for women of color to breathe easier. So they also have a podcast. You might want to check them out. Yes, I'm definitely going to. Same here. Okay, so I kind of mentioned this before, but trim your day by 15 minutes or maybe add to it. So you can cut the time you watch TV, text, search Instagram, and instead build time in your day, in your daily routine for yourself. So maybe it's on your lunch break, maybe it's before you start your day, maybe it's at the end of the day, you add on 15 minutes or find some time to create 15 minutes just for you. And that's your time to meditate, your time to breathe, um, take advantage of that space and that time um, to do what you need to do to recharge. Yes. Uh, Number three. So a wise prophetess once said, baby Bendova, baby Bendova. Baby Bendova, let me see you do that yoga. So number three is going to be take a yoga class. And when you're there, practice being aware. I love you too. Practice being aware (laughs) of your breath and your body. So it could be a way, you know, to get your mind connected to your body and to to have some control and mindfulness over both of those. I love it. Okay, number four, transform your space. So designate a space in your home for getting things done or find your favorite cafe. Identify a space that brings you peace and calm, wherever that is. Maybe you want to redo your workspace. Um, Maybe you need to go to Target. You need to get some cute pillows because you want to redo your bedroom. What'd you say? Remember when Beyonce was at Target? Like Target's the spot. It is the spot. Yeah. Be knowing. She... (laughs) Oh, she does, even though she knows she don't even sharpen at no Target anyway. Um, but transform your space, you know, create a space that, you know, will, will give you that, um, that vibe that you need. 
You know, it's so funny. This actually kind of reminds me of um, Sleep and Dreams with Dr. DeMint. Do you remember that class, girl? I do. Yeah. So for those of you who might not be familiar with it, Sleep and Dreams is like this iconic course. I'm not even sure if they still have it at Stanford, but it was there when we were. And Uh it basically looks at the importance of sleep and what sleep deprivation does to your cognitive processing, but even like physically on your body. And Uh um, one of the famous quotes was like, drowsiness is red alert, right? because it actually is comparable to being inebriated when you're sleep deprived. Uh But specifically what this reminds me of is when Dr. DeMint was kind of speaking about the importance of creating spaces designated for rest and why it's so dangerous for us to do things like working in bed or even watching TV a lot in bed that Uh our brain kind of needs these signals of, oh, I have gone into this physical space and I use this space for X. Um, So it actually seems like it's pretty similar to that of kind of designating these spaces for calm, for peace, for, you know, meditation so that you're also giving your brain a little bit of help recognizing what sort of mood you needed to transition into. My other teacher also said that my teacher, Oprah, um, she says that she does not mix her workspace and her bed space. So you need to identify separate spaces. Mm. And yes, she is my personal teacher. Got it. Yeah. Personal teacher. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So number five, um, <laughs> activate the buddy system. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So for activating the buddy system, that means, listen, productivity and accountability, they are so much easier when you have somebody else um, and they, mm-hmm. they work so well together. So team up with a friend or perhaps a coworker and plan to meditate. Um, or get your work done together, actually schedule dates and hold each other accountable. It'll, it'll it's probably a lot easier for you to do with someone else than to tackle it on your own. Yeah. It reminds me actually of, I don't know if you have a Fitbit, but every time, you know, when I have one and it shows me, oh, how many steps I got in and I can compare it to the other friends or maybe my husband who's also doing it. I say, oh, you got 10 steps. Let me get 20. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you got a hundred. Let me get 200. Yeah. But, um, you know, just knowing that someone is doing it with you. Mm-hmm. So, that usually um, is an incentive for me to actually get something done. You know, a wise man once said, ain't no fun if the homies can't have none. And it just makes me think that sometimes with your meditation and your mindfulness, you're like, dang, I wish like my partner could get some meditation and some of this mindfulness too. So then you like link up and then you do it together. Like a hot link? Damn, now I'm real hungry, girl. Me too. Oh my gosh. Do you know what I would do for a hot link right now? (laughs) It's like real strange. Like... (laughs) It's some stuff that like it wouldn't work well for my branding, but I would do it because I really want a hot link. Well, meditate first and then get your hot link. Girl, I'm about to be meditating on some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like we've come to the end of our episode because we're both right. hungry. Okay. So you want more tips, head to our Facebook page. There's 25 more. And again, let us know which which of these tips have worked for you. Um, you know, are you more mindful? How do you feel like you are in a better place uh, because you, you're meditating and carving out some time for you? And we certainly encourage you to be your best self, your healthy self. Uh, so let us know how it's going. That's right. Get your mind right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining this conversation. We can't believe that, you know, people are tuning in and receiving this so well. So we, we really appreciate you being on this journey with us. Um, and as always, we, we hope you'll spill the tea with us in our next episode. So Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening.